Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for January 26th, 2023. This is Brian Kirk. The GDP report for Q4 2022 was just released. What does it tell us about the state of our economy as 2022 came to an end? What impact has the Fed's rate hikes had on GDP? And how does today's report impact our outlook of the economy and financial markets? And the potential for a recession. Today, I'm joined by Nationwide's Chief Economist, Kathy Boschancic, and Deputy Chief Economist, Brian Jordan, to discuss the fourth quarter GDP data and the key takeaways from today's announcement. Hey, Brian, glad to have you with us today. Let's start with you. Today's report rounded out the GDP data for 2022. So how did that year fare versus the prior two years since the onset of the pandemic? So it was a bit of an unusual year, but we've had unusual years since the pandemic. Um, So nothing new on that front. And an overarching trend over these last few years, uh, since the lockdowns ended in 2020, of a slowdown. So on a year-over-year basis, real GDP was up by 1.0%. In 2022, after the 2.9% annualized increase in in the fourth quarter, that's down from a rate of 5.7% in 2021, and an annualized increase of over 18% in in the second uh, second half of 2020, uh, immediately after the lockdown. So a continued slowdown, a fairly sharp slowdown, over 18% in the second half of 2020, 5.7% in 2021. And again, 1.0% year over year in 2022. And last year was really a tale of two halves. We had a technical recession in the first half of 2022, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. GDP was down by 1.1% annualized in the first half of last year, but it was up by 3.0% annualized in the second half. So a real um, difference between the first half of the year and the second half of the year. What were the drivers? Well, consumer spending was a little bit better in the second half of the year than it was in the first half of the year. But the big story was that government spending was a lot stronger. Inventory building added much more in H2 than in H1. And and trade was a much bigger contributor. Net exports, a much bigger contributor, positive contributor in the second half of the year versus the first half of the year. And so if we look at underlying organic growth, if we look at a core measure of real GDP, consumer spending, investment spending, we look at the real final sales to private domestic purchasers. That's a mouthful, but it's uh, a measure of core underlying GDP growth that actually weakened in the second half of the year versus the first half and was up by just 0.2% in the fourth quarter. So the headline was stronger at the end of the year. The details were weaker. Thanks, Brian. Let's bring Kathy in this conversation. Kathy, you had a chance to look at the report. What are some of the key takeaways from the report you've seen? And specifically, what insights does it provide about economic growth prospects for this year? Well, thanks, Brian. You know, I would agree with the idea that the mix of growth was was not as healthy as the headlines suggested. And really, when you look at the decomposition, it actually bodes poorly for economic activity as we move through 2023. And as Brian pointed out, a lot of the growth, particularly in Q4, came from an unwanted 
build in inventories. In fact, it accounted for a very large one and a half percentage points of the overall 2.9% advance in, in fourth quarter GDP. So when you when you strip out inventories, final sales, as we call them, uh, rose just 1.4%. Now that was down pretty sharply from four and a half in Q3. And the problem is with these increased inventory levels, companies are going to need to try to work down those inventories. And what happens is it, it continues to weigh negatively on new orders, which we have seen both in surveys such as the uh, Institute for Supply Management for Manufacturing and also for service companies, um, that uh, new orders are really plunging in, um, compared to a few months ago. So that weighs negatively on production and overall economic activity in, in 2023. Now, if we dig a bit further, And we look at, again, as a mouthful, as Brian said, we look at private domestic sales. So that could be the core GDP measure of of demand. Now, that will take out the inventories. It also takes out net exports. What we saw is that net exports contributed positively to growth, but a lot of that was because import growth contracted on the quarter. And that really sort of suggests the weakness again. It, it, It shows that both consumers um, pulling back a bit. So remember, a lot of our consumption comes from abroad, so it's going to come through inventory. So if inventory is decline, it actually can be a negative sign for, for domestic activity. And also, inventories are very tied to, to imports. So the fact that companies need to work down their inventory levels also means they're going to import less goods. So if we take out inventories, net exports, and then also government outlays, which rebounded also in the fourth quarter, quite strong. Again, that's not a fundamental, you know, private driver of growth. What we see is that the private domestic sales were only up an anemic two-tenths of a percent. And that's following kind of a moderate, softish 1.1% gain in Q3. So while overall, as Brian explained, GDP growth rebounded in the second half of the year, it's not necessarily for all, you know, the, the, the best reasons. And so going forward, in this year, we think that consumer spending is going to continue to show slower momentum. We see businesses are cautious. They're pulling back on, on non-residential investment, particularly equipment spending. That declined in the fourth quarter, and we think that that's going to continue to be a, a soft spot uh, going forward. Um, as a whole, we still think recession odds are very high. Um, we see a recession unfolding somewhere towards the, the end of the second quarter of this year. And, and part of that's going to involve the fact that corporate earnings growth is going to slow and corporations are going to become more cautious and pull back on both investment and also hiring. Now, I think it's worth noting that initial jobless claims that were just released, they continued to defy expectations and trend it lower. So it shows that companies are hesitant to necessarily lay off workers, despite some of these headlines that we're hearing in the tech sector and banking sector. Um, but I think even if you start to see them pull back on hiring, gross hiring, that in itself is going to slow net payroll growth. And that has implications, negative implications for income. Well, thanks, Kathy. Yeah, lots to watch there, too. I think, Brian, our audience is wondering how equity and bond market investors are viewing the Q4 GDP data. What is the overall market outlook for growth, inflation, and the Fed going forward? 
So it was really a mixed reaction in the wake of the report this morning. And, and part of the reason that there was a mixed reaction um, in equities uh, especially is that the GDP report wasn't the only report that came out um, this morning. We had a full slate of, of economic data for the markets to digest. And as has been the case in recent weeks and really in, in recent months, um, the, the data was mixed. Uh, some of the numbers a little bit uh, stronger. Kathy mentioned the initial jobless claims falling below 190,000, suggesting a, a very tight labor market. But on the other hand, we had some some data that was on the softer side, uh, such as core durable goods orders um, uh, falling in December, suggesting perhaps weaker capex going going forward. So the market initially, the equity market initially traded up. I as it saw some more of the details or as it digested some more of the details in the GDP report and some of the other releases this morning, it moved more to an, to an unchanged position, at least uh, by the late morning. The bond market did sell off a bit. We saw higher interest rates um, this morning, higher yields on long-term treasuries. Part of the reason there is that um, in that GDP report, the price index, the GDP price index came in a little bit stronger than the market had anticipated rising by 3.5% on an annualized basis in the fourth quarter versus an expectation, a market expectation of an increase of of 3.2%. So a little bit of a sell-off in bond prices. Looking forward, um, really mixed outlooks here based on where the equity market is and where it's traded in in recent months. There is some optimism, some lingering optimism um, in the market that we could have a a soft landing or at the very least, if we're going into into a recession, that it could be a mild and relatively short-lived recession. The bond market, on the other hand, given the expectations for the Fed and the market is now pricing in rate cuts by the end of of this year, rate hikes in the first half of 2023 and rate cuts in the second half of of 2023, the bond market is pricing in a more more dire economic outcome. Uh, So the expectation is is really mixed at at this point, and, and that's to be expected given how mixed the data has been of late. Thanks, Brian. That uh, it is good to have some optimistic viewpoint there, uh, Kathy. What do you think about that? I mean, what is your view about that? Are you seeing any factors that could drive a more optimistic outlook that Brian just described? Yeah, you know, the, these are still very, you know, highly uncertain times, and and even though our our base cases for a recession, and and it is worth pointing out that part of that is that contrary to what the, the markets are expecting, we look for the Fed Reserve to raise interest rates to above 5% and hold it throughout the year. So we don't expect any rate cuts uh, as the markets are. And while we think inflation is going to trend lower, by the end of the year, we you know we still see year-on-year in CPI inflation running about 3.6%, so still well above the 2% target. Now, some of that easing of inflation will help consumers. And that's, you know, some of the good news. And I think that's some of the optimism uh, that some investors have in in the financial markets. And they're hopeful that inflation slows enough that not only does it help consumers take some of the burden off of them and that real consumer spending can benefit, um, but also that the Federal Reserve will see the need to be, you know, less restrictive with, with monetary policy 
and the fact that the labor market remains incredibly strong these layoff levels you know below 100 you know around 185,000 or so below 200,000 is remarkably low it shows still a very tight labor market but it also shows that maybe companies have this hesitancy to lay off workers because it was so difficult to hire them to begin with and and there's a worry that if if this is just a mild or moderate recession at worst that they want to retain these workers can be difficult to hire them in the future. And so maybe, you know, the, the combination of those things could end up being, you know, more more positive. And the, the other thing that's worth mentioning is that consumer balance sheets still look in very good shape. You know, many times going into a recession, consumer or business balance sheets actually look to be in bad shape. There may be a lot of leverage and debt relative to, you know, the assets. There could be other issues that, you know, consumers are feeling pinched about while they are facing higher inflation, still high inflation and and increased borrowing costs. At the same time, upper middle income and and upper income households still have a fair amount of pandemic related savings that they could spend, particularly on the service side of the economy. Now, I think the lower income and and lower middle income households have largely spent their savings. And and that's why we're a bit more negative. But there is a scenario. I I think the soft landing or a softish recession outlook, it's still possible. But I would say that the the chances of that are, are narrowing, especially and we'll hear from the Federal Reserve next week, but especially with the Federal Reserve sounding so resolute that the worst outcome for them isn't recession. The worst outcome is that high inflation persists in, into the medium term. Thank you, Kathy. That's going to wrap it up for today. Hey, great discussion on the Q4 GDP report. Join us next time for our reaction to next week's FOMC announcement and an analysis of the monthly employment report. We'll see if there are any signs of weakness in employment and how that could impact future Fed announcements. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications when each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023. Nationwide.